Craft Beer Radio, episode 261 on September 6, 2013. And it's Thrilla time here at Craft Beer Radio where we're doing some spooky pumpkin ales. Spooky pumpkin ales. Why not? Because they're on the shelves now, so why not? Oh, yeah. You know, it's a fun song. It's catchy. You have to get five minutes into the video before the song actually starts. It was revolutionary at the time. It was. It was. That's true. So we got five American pumpkin ales here. Let's go with the harpoon first. Harpoon. All right. Let me look up harpoon now. I'm doing this, unfortunately, on a uh, on a phone, so it's not quite as convenient as my regular stuff, but I still have the uh, notes for it. So... This is 5.9% alcohol by volume. It's part of their UFO, uh, their unfiltered offering. So it has uh, yeast at the bottom. 20 typically, IBUs. Typically all the UFOs are wheat beers. Yeah. So if you can see if this is a wheated pumpkin or not, that would be fascinating to know. They don't say. They say German, Vienna, and Munich malts. Okay. With a nice dose of pumpkin and spice. So this show is either going to be a good show or a nightmare of a show. Because, <laughs> as you might know, is it the second or third law of craft beer radio? Uh, the second law is that is it the quality of the beers. No, that's the first law. What's the second law? I'm not sure. This might be the second law. <laughs> the idea of a pumpkin beer is always better than the execution of a pumpkin beer. That might be the second law? All right, if you say so. I, it's I, one of the laws. I don't think we have the laws written down. They're sort of like the uh, Ferengi rules of acquisitions. <laughs> they're like, they're nebulous. Well, uh, that, this is definitely one of those. The, I, I mean, I have had pumpkin beers that yeah, are good, yeah. but they almost never live up to this mythical, wonderful pumpkininess that I have in my brain when I think about pumpkin beers. Well, so let's see if this fits with, uh, you know, the the current theory that, that I have and that you, through a lesser extent, have, which is that fruited beers are sort of the next evolution. Oh, yeah, uh, that's and, and pumpkin is a fruit. Uh, you know, even though people normally think of it as a vegetable, it's a gourd, it's a type of fruit. Uh, and people who use... Fruit but well, beers who use they use fruit well in in their brews. Are pumpkin beers fruit beers or are they spice beers? Well, that depends on on how the the beer is crafted. But so the, yeah, okay, ninety nine point so, yeah, nine 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 percent of it, pumpkin beers are probably spice beers. Yeah, it's a reasonable question. Is it a pumpkin pie beer or is it a beer featuring pumpkin? It's a fruit. I can't think of a beer featuring pumpkin as a fruit. I think we've had one in like our last pumpkin show we had when we could really taste the pumpkin, where it was really pretty apparent, but it's been a little bit. But pumpkin doesn't really taste like anything. If you roast it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Tastes like squash. <laughs> Woo! You know, it's, it, it's not the most you know powerful uh, flavor in the world. All right, so this is the UFO pumpkin... Unfiltered pumpkin ale. It has a jack-o'-lantern with an orbit going around it. This is the, probably the one that most people are going to be able to find, I think, the most easy. I think this, it, is, this is the one that's going to be the most easy. Definitely available. the widest distribution of yeah. the ones we're tasting tonight. That's kind of why I started with it. Okay, the aroma. Now, this is going to be hard to not say the same thing over and over and over. Hey, nutmeg and allspice. You know, you're going to stay away yes. from just going to that. <laughs> I had a pumpkin the other night from Southern Tier, and oh my goodness, 
the hype around pumpkin this year. Mm-hmm. It's selling out like crazy. There's a market on eBay for the stuff. Wow. I mean, it's a it's a it's a good beer for a pumpkin beer. Lots of vanilla in that one. It's a big beer, so you can't drink a bunch of it. I didn't disenjoy it when I had it last night. But disenjoy is a new yes. New word. I didn't dislike it. You didn't but, literally disenjoy it. <laughs> literally. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it also wasn't something I'd want to buy a. a, a Twelve pack of bombers of you know yeah, well it'd probably be expensive too if if it, if it's a our local beer store we got eighty five cases and they had one hundred and twenty people on their wait list wow for pumpkin wow yeah it's like reefer reefer madness about this stuff it's That's going nuts. pretty ridiculous okay so yeah like you said uh, you said allspice and. More more allspice than nutmeg, I'd say, in this one. And and cloves. Mm -hmm. Cloves, too. Cloves come out pretty strongly. And I want to find something else to say because we're saying those adjectives a very lot tonight, and I'm having a hard time really... The spices in in a beer like this, which is, you know, more of a spice beer than anything else. Yeah, it's more of a spice beer than a pumpkin beer. You're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to detect much in the way of malts, on on the aroma, at least. Mm Mm-hmm. Going to the flavor, it it I mean it has it, it's a spice beer. Pumpkin might come through many seconds into the aftertaste. The, the spices are kind of nice; they're not overpowering; they're right. not too powerful. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think what I got. I got a little bit of. I would almost want to say mace was like the main spice mm-hmm. that I tasted more so than nutmeg, allspice, things like that. But definitely spices is, is, is a major component, and it, it's actually puffing up a little bit of um, a sort of almost, uh, I think it's a natto, which is um, sort of a, a, a slightly spicy raisin okay. kind of flavor, a uh, little bit on the citrusy side. Um, but the, the malt itself is 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 Vienna-like, I think, you know, to... to the the thing was, you know, they talked about the German, mm-hmm. the, the Munich, and the Vienna. I'm, I'm detecting, like, you know, it, it, it's the closest thing that I can think of the malt to is, is, you know, a Boston lager, you know, a Vienna lager style. Yeah, for me, I, I need to get into this thing a lot deeper before the spices are accustomed enough to my palate that I can get past them. Second and third sips, I got a lot more of cinnamon and kind of like that um, powdery cinnamon you know breathing it into your right, mouth into right, your lungs a little right. bit i got kind of that feel of when the, almost like you know that what's the cinnamon challenge or whatever that you know yes. causes kids to die oh. you know i got a little bit of that like v- vaporization or the you know the particulate cinnamon yeah. type flavor uh yeah the cinnamon challenge uh don't do it <laughs> no that's no fun that's where you hold like a tablespoon of cinnamon right, in your mouth yeah. for 30 seconds or a minute or something not good. You'll go into a coughing spasm, and then you'll inhale the cinnamon and just make things bad. Right. It is possible to do it. They did it on Mythbusters. They found a way to do it, but they said it was not good. It's something that only two stupid teenagers should do. Yeah. And that's just because, so they won't reproduce and make more stupid teenagers. <laughs> there was a video of Arya from Game of Thrones doing that, doing the cinnamon <laughs> challenge. That was funny. <laughs> I didn't see that. 
but again, you know, pretty pretty dang spicy. You know, I, I think it's a lot of what people would expect mm-hmm. out of a pumpkin beer. This is pretty drinkable. You know, yeah. I'm I'm more than halfway through my half bottle. It's not overwhelming me. It's not getting too sweet. It's not getting too spicy. It's a it's a good balance for a spice beer. I'm gonna have to call these spice beer until I taste the real pumpkin. These I'm are spice have to beers. Call these spice beers. These yeah. are spice beers. That's pretty much you know the way to look at them. And you know, not think of them as as, as pumpkin beers. They're they have pumpkin in them, but really, they're all about the spice. Mm-hmm. I got about a sip and a half left, and now I'm I'm starting to taste a little bit of the malt. But really, I couldn't like last week. We were really dialing in on the Munich flavors and mm-hmm. stuff. Not and it's tasting malty, right? But I can't dial in on anything. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, the, the closest thing I can think of to it is a Vienna lager, mm-hmm. um, but a Vienna lager with. All types of spice poured on top of it. Pretty drinkable. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I think that I think that nice tiny bit of sourness slash tartness actually helps mm-hmm. the drinkability of it. I'm just trying to look at the alcohol in these different beers here. That's really how I'm going to uh, choose the drinking order. This one's not labeled. Five point nine for Tommy Knocker, Ichabod. I think Ichabod's a bigger one, if I'm not mistaken. Oh well. Five point nine for the Elysian. Let's do the Tommy Knocker next. How do you guys like that? Knowing what beers are coming up, we usually like to keep them secret. That false suspense that for some reason we think may adds to the show. It, it's on the show notes, so it's not like it's a big surprise. Which one is this? This is the Tommy Knocker Small Patch Pumpkin. Okay. Get it small patch, like small batch. So this is a 5.0%. So, uh, you know, very vaguely close to sessionable, although with those spices, I don't know. That kind of things. They call it a festive seasonal ale with pumpkin and a touch of molasses and spice. 15 IBUs. They use pearl and Willamette hops, but clearly not a lot of them. It is brewed as a brown ale with spice and molasses. So there you go. Tommy Knocker has been in the market for a while now. I really have not had that much of them. I don't have any specific recollection, but I just have this feeling the times I've had them, I've not been super impressed. So I'm looking forward to re-examining the brewery. However, a pumpkin ale is probably not the best avenue to re-examine a brewery so the harpoon was more of an amber color and this is uh considerably darker it's a reddish cola you mentioned it was brewed as a brown ale it certainly looks the look right Mm. it has just a not quite as dark as cola but it's definitely a dark cloudy tea or Mm. something like that the aroma is quite different Um, not as spicy on those right not as spicy you mentioned that it's brewed as a brown ale, yeah. so there's going to be more caramel car- caramel malt used as opposed to Munich malt, and they use molasses. So it's going to be this more um, caramel toffee thing than toasty, crusty thing, right? So that's going to be a big change. And this one doesn't taste as strongly or doesn't smell as strongly spiced as the last one. This one seems a little more subdued. So uh, from the first sniff... Yeah, I can I almost like smell what- some hops on there, I think. Actually, from the aroma, do you smell any, you know, signature spices, you know, the 
The it's hard to say because, because the last one was such a spice bomb that, that you know, in mm-hmm. comparison, this could be have a heaven. It could deal, be in a, comparison. A in comparison, it really doesn't smell like a crazy spice beer. Yeah. It smells pretty good, actually. Yeah, it, it, smel- actually it smells like a decent brown ale that has. I mean, there might be a touch of vanilla in the aroma. But really, the molasses, like not a dark molasses, but kind of a lighter grade molasses, that's kind of the aroma there. And the caramel malts, you're getting good caramelly um, aroma. Yeah, some nice sweetness there. Getting the flavor. It, it's pretty it's, big difference. It is a huge difference. First thing you notice is how dry is not really the right word, but the I guess there's a probably a hobby bitterness or something that kind of dries it out on your palate on your tongue, and it kind of takes your tongue forward and gives you 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 actually taste I'm, I taste the hoppiness on this I tasted yes. some of the uh, I don't know exactly what but you know you mentioned Willamette I'll go with that you know taste something along those lines something like that long you know that kind of class of hops you actually get a little bit of that in the flavor. So we said these were all going to be spice beers. This is not a spice beer. No. Um, it has spices in it, but, it, you know, com- well, at least compared to the to the harpoon, it's it's not a spice beer at mm-hmm. all. It's, it's uh, although they're there, they are there. And as, as I, you know, try to think about them, they're, they're prickling my tongue a bit. So, so okay. it's just not, it's not as overt as the harpoon, let's say. It's not just as, you know, I'm going to knock you over with spices. <laughs> it, it's like they say, it's a brown ale that has a spice component to it. And the molasses is there, too. The molasses mm-hmm. gives it a, a almost uh, tangerine-like sweetness with a, a, a deep mm-hmm. sugar. So I'm trying to find the pumpkin. What What specifically is the pumpkin adding? The only thing I can think of is that it's got a little more body than a brown ale usually has. That's what I was going to say. A little bit of body. I, I wouldn't go quite as I wouldn't go as far as saying chewiness, but there's there's a, something there. There's some light intangible yeah. body going on, and maybe a, a slight sweetness, or maybe well, okay. So here's a way to look at it, I guess. Right, it's giving more body. And you know how like milk stouts have more body by lactose, right. this non-fermentable sugar. Imagine the pumpkin is adding something only slightly sweet, like lactose, and you know, and not fermentable, right? Mm-hmm. So it's adding this body, but it's not a sweet body. It's kind of a semi-sweet or barely sweet body, you know, something like that. You know, that's kind of what I'm feeling when I'm drinking this. Grace taking secret notes on the second or third page of the notebook, so I can't see what he's writing. Just save his link for the post show. <laughs> You'll forget that it's down there. No, I won't, because it's on the same page mm. as everything else. So. Okay. Yeah, there's 15 IBUs. There's a decent amount of bitterness mm-hmm. here. It, it, it's it's counteracting the, the molasses pretty well. Uh, it's... I, I don't know how I would take this if this was the first beer I had of the night. But in comparison to the Harpoon, it's 
it's surprisingly nice because it's a nice contrast. See, I'm finding this, you know, if I had this beer at the bar and drank it, I, I would order another. It's, it, it's an easier drinker than the Harpoon was. Mm-hmm. It's not a spice bomb. Right. It has some neat flavors. And while I'm having a hard time attributing any of them to the pumpkin, you heard recently how I tried to stretch it into a pumpkin. Yeah. But it's not a direct attribution. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Can't really say there's anything faulty with the beer. No. And I mentioned how I was looking to re-examine Tommy Knocker, get a good opinion of him. They, that beer gave me a good opinion. You know, good tasting beer. None of those, you know, poor quality flavors that you might be used to. Nothing, you know, hot and uh, thin, like they use, you know, tons of sugar mm-hmm. or something. You know, just, it was a pretty good beer. So I'm happy with that. Do you have an opinion? Let's go with the Elysian. The Elysian. Elysian is um, kind of the grandpappy of pumpkin beers. They they do the great pumpkin. They do at the pub. They ferment a beer in a pumpkin. Right. Serve a beer from a giant, huge gourd on the bar and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think they make several kinds of pumpkin beers. This is their Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. 5.9% alcohol by volume. It's brewed with 150 pounds of pumpkin in each batch. Made with pale Munich and crystal malts, green and roasted pumpkin seeds, pumpkin in the mash, boil and fermenter, bittered with horizon hops, spice and conditioning with nutmeg, clove, cinnamon, ginger, and allspice. No, that's it? Okay. That's like the brine I use on my turkey. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, uh, first sniff, it smells like cinnamon sticks, right? There's a lot of ginger in there, too. Ginger? The color is a um, eh, tannish amber. Yeah, I mean, when you smell it, you get a little bit. I mean, the spices. It, it, I think it's. I, I I kind of like how I can smell all the spices, and they're not just one big muddled mess. Right, they're right. kind of distinct. You like you like. Oh yeah, I can smell this, and oh yeah, I can smell that. It just doesn't smell like a spice ball. You know, it's very distinct and layered in the aroma. Zealazian, Elysian. 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 They're out of uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, Tommy Knocker is out of Colorado. And Harpoon is out of uh, Boston and Vermont. I was smelling something in there that I was like, uh-oh. Because it it was... Reminiscent. It was close to a sort of rubbery Band-Aid, but then just I swirled around. It was just the spices. It was okay. just the, the way the spices were interacting. Here, smell my glass. I mean, my glass smells super bright and great. Nothing muddy, nothing rubbery. You smell the same thing? Yeah, pretty much. Yours Yours is almost yeah. a little more cinnamony than mine. I think mine might yeah. have a little it, bit more it, it nuance. It just needs a little bit of volatilization to get, because they kind of get, I think that the spices themselves get a little muddled, if they just sit there and if you mm-hmm. just swirl it around a bit, then all the then it gets really bright. So it just needs a little bit of a swirl to get bright and, and otherwise it I think it just smells sort of band-aid by default. It's not any fault mm-hmm. of its own. Right. It's not a fault with the beer. I mean this one is in the aroma is as spicy or maybe even more spicy in the aroma than the, the harpoon, the UFO. But the spices are more distinct. They're yeah, like I said, they're very layered, they're very nuanced. They're they're just fascinating to smell. 
It smells like a spice cabinet, you know? Yeah, I really like the the, the addition of ginger in here. I think that adds a nice, a real brightness to uh, the earthiness of the other spices, the nutmeg and the cinnamon and that sort of thing. Take a sip. It has a really light flavor. It's not burdening your palate or anything. It's just a really light dance across your palate. You're kind of squinting. Maybe you don't agree. I, I really do disagree with you. N- not in the sense that that I, I that is necessarily burning my palate, but the idea that it's light is is not at all what I taste. What I taste is a big spice cookie, a big a big pumpkin spice cookie or pumpkin spice you know, donut. The or cookie something like cookie that. is a good call, or yeah, donut. Yeah, there's definitely. Um, I like that call. It just I don't know. It just it really seems light on my palate. The spice is there. It's gone. You know, it's there, it's gone. It's not heavy and weighing and, and burdening. It's still, you know, I just had one sip and it's still volatilizing on my tongue. I can still taste all those spices. So to me, it, it it's not, it is heavy in, in that sense, in the sense that it's it, it, it's lingering. And now it, it's a nice linger. It, it's a it's a kind of linger that I kind of like. It's an enjoyable thing. It's that pumpkin pie. It's like it's that pumpkin spice cookie Uh that that sticks around and it's like, mm, that that tastes like you know that, that tastes like October, mm-hmm. but I just took a sip where the the ginger really did its job. I think maybe that's kind of like the the cleanser here. It just it, it kept everything from settling in and just kind of digging into your tongue. And ginger was it you know with sushi you know the ginger is more of a palate cleanser, right? Well, it's, it's it's kind of a ginger snap, right? I mean, right. I think that's the yeah. I mean, that's good, but you know, like the ginger in su- ginger is a potent flavor, but right. when you use it with sushi, it's kind of a palate cleanser, right? And I kind of see how it plays in here as it keeps those spices from getting too too ominous, too too potent. Yeah, I mean, ginger in the the pickled ginger they have for sushi is meant as a palate cleanser in between the different pieces, yes, but here I. I would disagree with you that it, that it's working in that way. I think it's it's working like a ginger snap cookie. It's adding some some spiciness and some sharpness to the sweetness there okay. to give it uh, more more depth and more dimension. And then the spices are sort of adding on little little bits of that they're like sprinkles or like the little okay. bits that add on to it. I, I won't fight you on that because my last sip reminded me I got a good spicy ginger, almost like a ginger ale. Right. You know, I was getting a little bit of that. So even more so than a ginger snap cookie, you know, I was getting a little bit of that real spiciness, the ginger ale type type character from not, you know, Schweppes, but from like a, you know, an artisanal ginger ale maker. <laughs> pretty drinkable i like that too it is really a big this is another example of a big spice beer this is Mm -hmm. um a cookie beer (laughs) it's the best way to put Mm -hmm. it i mean it it is there's there's pumpkin beers that taste like pumpkin pie this tastes like a pumpkin spice ginger snap cookie so it's it's a slightly different kind of texture and uh flavor volatization Okay, I'm trying to give you sign language to cue up the oh, commercial yes. music. Oh yes. Oh okay. That it'll, it'll take me some time to. Well, that's to why I kind of like here. Look, I'm gonna. Never mind. It's okay. You don't have to do sign language for that. <laughs> it would sound like a better production if, like, we could just 
turning up the music without saying, everyone, hey, Greg, cue up the commercial music. Everyone knows it's coming. Yeah. I just got to actually do it because it's... Uh, the, the I, I don't have my computer here. Um, you can listen to, you can if you're on the pre-show, you can learn why. And uh, so it's a little bit harder for me to... Well, while you're queuing that up, we'll chat a little bit. Shoe Brew. Yes. Uh, Zillionople's newest nanobrewery slash brew pub opened tonight. They got their final inspection at about 2 o'clock and opened at 2.30. Uh, they won't be able to open again until next weekend, I believe. But they're open from like 2.30 to 7. So I cut out of work and went up there to... Uh, support. Now that I am an average American and live within 10 miles of a brewery, finally, again. Um, there it is. Cause, so we went up to Shoe Brew and uh, check out Shoe Brew's website. Their Kickstarter, who is now a brewery, and their homebrew system is a brew magic. So it's the same size as my brewery, and he's making a business out of it. I wish him the world. I don't want to execute his business plan. <laughs> so... If you would like to support us, and we would love that, uh, you can either you can directly donate to us from our website via PayPal. You can do a subscription. You can donate directly to us. One time only. One time only. Monthly, yearly. That'd be great. If I you don't need. think they have decadally, but that'd be yeah. cool. You know, getting like fifty cents every <laughs> ten years. If you need web hosting, we use Bluehost. They're very good to us. They're so really nice. Link on our website. Use that, and we'll get a referral. If you need uh, brewing supplies, you can use uh, North uh, Midwest Midwest Brewing uh, Supplies. They have a link on our site. You can use that, or you could do what everybody else seems to do, what everybody else loves to do. The easiest way to donate to us: Amazon dot com. But not not Amazon. Amazon. Never com. ever ever go to Amazon dot com. Where you want to go is craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then do shop to your heart's content. Buy a car, buy a house, buy a spaceship. Please buy a spaceship. We don't care. As long as you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon first. And uh, that's it. It doesn't cost you anything more. We get a referral bonus. So instead of giving money to Jeff Bezos, you're giving it to us. And that makes us very happy. And in the post show, we pick out some fun items that you guys have ordered. And kind of discuss the merits of your yep. purchases. <laughs> we don't discuss the merits. We just think they're cool. I mean, we don't... I think we should discuss the merits of the purchases. Well, we'll see if we do that. All right. Back to the pumpkin beers. Thank you for dealing with our nonsense of, of commercial uh, self-promotion. But it really does help. And, and those funds will come in useful when we're out in Denver yeah. uh, in next month. Next yeah. month. Wow, Holy next cow. month. All right. All right. Smutty Nose Brewing Company, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Pumpkin Ale. All right, so this is, they use North American Two-Row, Karistan, and C60 malts. They are bittered with Cascade and flavored with Cascade and Liberty. They use natural pumpkin puree, cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves. Starting extract at 14 degrees Play-Doh. The terminal extract is 2.99 degrees Play-Doh. Alcohol by volume 5.84%. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and IBU 35. This is one of Wine Enthusiast's top 25 beers of 2009. Look at this label. I mean... They've had this label forever, but doesn't this look like it was shot like with like a two megapixel camera printed out on a laser ink jet printer? Kind of. It's a picture of of a pumpkin that looks like uh, it looks like the color registration isn't yeah, quite right, yeah. and uh, 
it looks old school like print it out with your your kodak 2 megapixel camera and your hp 660 cse so another spice beer uh cinnamon nutmeg and cloves like they say on it so you know you're gonna get some spice on it it's mostly what i'm smelling i may be weirdly enough smelling a bit of pumpkin here (laughs) say it isn't so (laughs) pumpkin are you sure are you feeling all right? Yeah, I, I feel like there's a little gordiness that I'm actually detecting here. There's a little bit of... Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, think about when you're carving your jack-o'-lantern and you yeah. smell the inside of the pumpkin. There's a touch of that carrying through, more so than any of the beers to date. So it's kind of a raw pumpkin instead of a roasty pumpkin. Right, right. Well, they use a pumpkin puree. They didn't say a roasted pumpkin puree, so... It would make sense that a raw pumpkin would come through if it were actually kind of volatilized. The lack of ginger hurts compared to the last beer because the ginger really did have a brightening effect. Mm -hmm. And this just tastes kind of a little bit more dull and a little bit more deep and earthy. It's almost, almost mushroomy uh, in in comparison. So, so there, there's this weird kind of uh, deep bitterness that that mm-hmm. comes out, and that may actually be what they're intending, but it's a it's a bracing difference from the Elysian. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a little bit to kind of get through. So I'm going to drink some water and, and hopefully that will right. clear my palate a bit. No, I'm with you. It, it definitely has, I mean, to take the easy way out, the best, you know, the quickest description is, is it's most, it's mostly that pumpkin beer. The the second rule of craft beer radio where the idea of a pumpkin beer is always better right. than drinking a pumpkin beer. It, it's kind of this flavor here where it's like, yeah, it's a pumpkin beer, but why is it in my beer? A little bit, I'm thinking <laughs> that, you know? I've given myself an opportunity to clear my palate. And um, again, this is definitely the most bitter of these beers. And um, let me look and see what the IBUs were again, because this is pretty pretty bitter. 35, that, that's uh, considerably stronger than most of the other ones. Yeah. Hmm. It kind of reminds you more of like pumpkin vine, right? Like the yeah. bitterness reminds you a little bit of like the, you know, you're out in the pumpkin patch and you're smelling the leaves and the vines and that kind of thing. I suppose the interesting thing to me about this beer is that the pumpkinness of it is not obvious. The the spice component isn't as isn't as obvious as the other ones. The pumpkin component isn't as obvious as the other ones. It's it, it's a you you might call a spice beer out. Well, I, I mean, a few minutes ago you said dare I taste pumpkin? So well, how'd you well, change? I smelled from... pumpkin. Okay, okay. I didn't taste it. I see. Uh, you know, would you? I I don't I don't taste pumpkin. I don't think I do at least. I taste more hops than anything else. Although. 
the mm-hmm. the aftertaste has cinnamon and clove. Yeah, I'm but, starting to get more of the cinnamon clove spices in the main flavor too. Yeah, but the upfront is 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 pretty deep hoppy. That Liberty hop, I think. Yeah, if you do, uh, I don't know if you want to. Uh, no, I'm. I'm, I'm not as. Uh, I'm not as. Kind of uh, disliking the beer as you have. Oh, it's not that I hate it. It's just, eh. <laughs> and I had a few beers up at Shubru, right? So. Right, right. So it, it's not worth your sobriety, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rinse my glass with a big cup of water and drink that for a few minutes here. No, I, I think it's. I think it's interesting. I think it has has merit to it. Uh, I, I think that there is. You know, it's the pumpkin itself is is really lost. The, the hops overwhelm any mm-hmm. any pumpkin flavor that would come there. The spices come in at the end, but you could do this without the pumpkin just fine. Yeah, and the spices. They don't really. I mean, they're not not. I mean, they're not fun. They're not interesting. Yeah, they're not bright. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it's suffering comparison to the Elysian, but it's. I mean, even compared to the UFO, they're kind of like yeah, muddy and bland. Yeah, and 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 the hop bit. The other ones, I think, did the smart thing by really reducing the hops, not giving this bitter resiny component. Mm-hmm. With these spices, because that just muddies everything together even more. You combine cinnamon with resin, and you just get this kind of gook mm-hmm. that doesn't it doesn't really translate well to a real drinkable beer. It just it, it's 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 bitter and it's, it's sharp. It's not really what you want. It's not terrible, but uh, I, I would say wine enthusiasts had it wrong <laughs> with their pick. Well, it was wine enthusiasts so. All right, last beer of the night. New Holland, Michigan, or I guess Holland, Michigan. And this is New Holland Brewing Company, Ichabod Pumpkin Ale. So this is 5.7% alcohol by volume, 12.5 degrees Spido, 16 IBUs, malted barley, real pumpkin with cinnamon and nutmeg. Cinnamon nutmeg. Say it isn't so. Another amber beer. This one's pretty cloudy. What was the IBUs on this? I I thought it was what was it sixteen? Yeah, sixteen. Okay, smells kind of hoppy. I mean, there's the spices, the requisite spices, but I smelled more hoppiness in the aroma than I would have expected. I think this one's more nutmeg heavy than the other beers of the evening. You're probably right. <laughs> Our noses are kind of getting you know <laughs> blasted by all these spices, so it's harder and harder for us to. Interesting. The pairings, the pairings on this one: um, roasted poultry, root vegetables, right, peanut yeah. sauce, and caraway. Those last two are kind of like oddball. I mean, they're 
I'm not saying they're wrong, but like, who says, hey, pair this with caraway? But you know, peanut sauce is very close in flavor to sesame. And that gives you a whole host of, of options on the Asian side. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. But just saying, hey, pair this with caraway. <laughs> caraway is an interesting one. <laughs> So what you're saying is pair your pumpkin beers with Thai food. Peanut, coconut, something. I'm saying you won't necessarily go wrong. Yes. Much better. Much better in terms of the, the, the clarity of the flavors that are coming out of here. You have uh, a nice... A nice sort of amber ale with a gentle hoppiness. And you have some spices floating mm-hmm. around on top that, that give it some, some you know, some push in, in certain earthy directions. I wouldn't say a lot of depth, but that there's stuff there. It's not like the Elysian word. Mm-hmm. There's a huge right. amount of depth because of the ginger and the cookie and all that other stuff that's coming through. But it's, it's a lot less muddy than the smutty. I think I'm about pumpkined out for tonight. <laughs> so it's good, good that it was the last beer. Yeah, I, I don't think I could take too many more. I'm about pumpkined out. It, you know, we don't like doing IPAs in a, in a show now because we get IPA'd out. Well, I'm definitely pumpkined out. So if you're, you know, you got a six pack of, of a varietal of pumpkins, you know, don't drink them all on the same night. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say. Pair your pumpkin with a porter or something. You know, give give yourself some chocolate to, to hit that mm-hmm. hit that spice really nicely, or a nice stout. Uh, I would say an IPA probably wouldn't work too well with these, but but you could probably hit yourself with with a with a porter and then kind of clean your palate with a saison and then maybe go on to an IPA. I wonder if a pumpkin beer would be a fertile starting point for blends, blending it out with different things, like you were saying. Stouts. Yeah. Well, I, I seem to remember a pumpkin porter that we had, but I may be making something up in my mind. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we've had a pumpkin porter. I'm not. I mean, it seems like right a good away. combination, particularly like if you were to roast the pumpkin before you mm-hmm. were to put it in, you know, before you were to puree it or something. You could get a lot of great flavors out of that, a lot of great melanoidins that you could then combine with what you get in a porter. Get some nice chocolatey stuff. I think a porter would work better than a stout, simply because the astringency would would help with that. So, uh, so stout. here's a here's a question for you. Playing a bit of the anti pumpkin guy, if pumpkin beers were really that good, then there would be breweries making butternut squash beers all the time. Why wouldn't they be making pumpkin beers all the time? Well, I'm just saying, you know, pumpkins are thought of as a seasonal thing. But they're, I mean, they're certainly available all year. They are. But butternut squash is more available throughout the year, it just it, seems. It, well, I mean, it, it, it's more visible, but yeah. I, I imagine that pumpkins are I'm available. Oh, sure. Right, right, right. But, as well. And, and they're probably even cheaper in, in the off. Yeah, you could be season. right, right. So, you know, it, it, I, I think that. I, I think there's a novelty to the pumpkin thing, but if someone were, were to create the a pumpkin beer brewery, yeah, yeah. if someone were, were well, you know, Jolly Pumpkin, <laughs> <laughs> no, but if someone were to create a real awesome pumpkin beer, 
that they could somehow sustain that same incredible flavor throughout the year, I think they might. But there's there's a cachet to bringing mm-hmm. out your pumpkin beer that people seem to jump on. Let's bring it out June first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, there's a. I saw a pumpkin beer that's coming out. They just brewed it, so it's going to be late. But it's called Season Creep. What is it called? <laughs> Season Creep. Season Creep. Because you know pumpkin beers keep creeping up. Yeah. Oh, but it's like you know Christmas beers come out at Christmas time. There's a. Well, I mean, there's a bit of. I mean. From the business side, nobody buys a case of Christmas beer on January 2nd. Right. Well, not nobody. No. Nobody buys a a case of Christmas beer on mm, March 4th. No, nobody buys Christmas beers on January 2nd. No one buys pumpkin beers on November, especially after Thanksgiving. But almost like after after Halloween. The pumpkin beer market drops off by seventy five percent. Right, right. You know, it's just these seasonals. You need to sell. You know, you need to get out early and sell quick. Right. Because after the holiday that's related to your seasonal passes, no one's interested. And so, in. what is that? Is that a a function of the fact that that pumpkin beers are in general not as good as other beers? I don't think that's true. I think, well, I mean, fall, autumn is is a jam-packed time, right? Right. Of all kinds of awesomeness for beer. It's really, you know, the harvest, you know, really just... Harvest, brings up, pumpkin, you get a lot of stuff coming out. Brings right? up all kinds, it's the awesome, it's the Super Bowl of, of beer. And then, you know, you got Christmas stuff coming out, so you're bringing on these different flavors. You know, flavors that are arguably, I would argue, better suited for many beers than than the pumpkin sp- flavors. They're certainly combined in, in different s- styles than pumpkin ales, which seem to be mostly relatively relatively ordinary ales with pumpkin and spice added. Yeah. I mean, just the way the season creep works, though, I could see a market for pumpkin beers at Thanksgiving, but in reality, you're not going to find very much out there at that point. Yeah. You know, mid-November, you're not going to find very much out there. After Thanksgiving, there is no market for pumpkin beers. That's true. And I will stick by the after January second, after the holiday vacation. There is no market for Christmas beers. And it, it's probably true. Although I may have like bought myself a winter solstice after Christmas. But you probably got ten dollars off the case. I don't know if I did. <laughs> I don't know. He if did I it did. wrong. He did it wrong. <laughs> All right, I think it's ranking time. All right. All righty. So, top to bottom, bottom to top, top to bottom, bottom to top. Right. I'm going to put the smutty nose in. Shocker! The- <laughs> it just did not work for me. At all the bitterness was really clashing with any of the spiciness. I like I like Smoniness, Great Brewery. This is very possibly the, the worst, worst beer, beer had. I've had yeah. from them. And then in fourth place, let us put the um Yeah, let us put the uh I'm thinking that uh, I might shock you a little bit, but right. I Nah, I'm not gonna the the UFO pumpkin from Harpoon, I, I it, the next two are close, but that one was just spice bomb. Yeah. And it really wasn't. I mean, Delicate started us off on the wrong track. Well, and Delicate was not in the vocabulary of that. Yeah. It was like they were not trying for delicate or nuance at 
all. So that's the main reason. And then in third place, I'm putting the New Holland, uh, close to the uh, Harpoon, but because it wasn't quite Spice Bomb, a little more nuanced, more drinkable. And then the next two beers are both really good. Right. And I... Either of them could be considered our best beer of the night. They're both really good. I'm going to rank them in this order, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, number two, I'm going to put the Tommyknocker pumpkin. I really, really liked it. I It wasn't so much a pumpkin beer. Yeah. Um, but it was delicious, super drinkable. I would love to try it first in a flight. And see if I can get the pumpkinness out of it. Right. Maybe you can taste it when you get it first in the flight. Subtle, but great flavors. Brown ale, molasses, caramel. Very good. Very, very good. Kudos to you, Tommy Knocker. And then I'm going to put the Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Ale in first place because it did such a fantastic job at taking like six spices. And layering them in so they're not a muddy mess and you can taste every spice. And the idea of throwing ginger in there, it was the key. It just kept, it it it, it oiled the gears. It kept everything moving. Right. It kept it from gumming up and becoming a sludgy mess. And it was just a masterful use of the spices. All right. So my uh, rankings are exactly the same of yours, but there's a caveat. But... Uh, so I, I agree with you. The smutty nose was was the worst of the bunch. It uh, was yeah, like you said, probably probably the worst smutty nose beer I've ever had. And and you know that's too bad because we like smutty nose. Smutty nose makes good beers, but that especially in this flight and the bitterness was a muddy mess. It just it it, it didn't work at all. Uh, the harpoon was like you say a spice bomb. It was pretty, kind of overpowering. It may be sort of what you like, and it may, it may be the one you can find out of these uh, based on where you are. But you know, be prepared that it's going to be you know, ooh, this is a lot. Well, I remember of spices. when drinking it first that you know we didn't hate the spices. Right. It was just when contrasting it to these more delicate beers, we we kind of found fault with it too. So keep that in mind. Uh, the New Holland. Uh, it, it was, it was decent, but it just was kind of middle of the pack. And I'm trying to remember the New Holland. And... It's in your glass right now. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> you don't have to remember it. You can taste it and reacquaint yourself. It's still kind of middle of the pack. It 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 has the 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 decent amount of spices and and there's. There's a nice beer there. I think I think what that says is it's forgettable. Yes. <laughs> it was in Greg's glass and he couldn't remember what yeah. it tasted like. I, for some reason, I thought I had a Tommyknocker in my glass. Uh, the Tommyknocker is number two. That's uh, th- That had um, really nice flavors. It, w- it was less of a pumpkin beer than any of the other ones, though. Mm-hmm. It was... You know, they, they call it a small batch pumpkin. It's kind of funny because it's, it's sort of like they, they just added a kind of small amount of pumpkin to it. And this, you know, the spice only comes apparent as you keep drinking more and more of it. Like, like I mentioned, I would love to try it first. Yeah. And just yeah. to see how it comes across. And if I can get my hands on another bottle, I think I'll get one just to try it by itself. Because, I mean, it was a delicious beer. It just, 
It, pumpkin light, for sure. Now, the caveat I have is you said the Elysian and Tommyknocker were close. Now, to me, they were not close at all. The Elysian was number one by a large margin. Okay. And to me, it was really because the depth of flavor and the kind of complexity of the flavor that came out of this. This was a real, like I said, pumpkin po- cookie of a beer. The ginger really added a whole lot to the experience. Oh, and the ginger other, was amazing. Yeah. The other beers didn't, you know didn't get and and that really made a huge difference in what was coming out of the beer in 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 the flavors that you were getting and and the experience you were getting from there so i would say out of all these elysian is definitely the one to pick up if you can find elysian night owl is the name of the beer it has a picture of an owl on it and if you can find the elysian great pumpkin imperial pumpkin ale i'm sure that's good too we don't have, have it so much here those guys love their pumpkins and Apparently, they know how to use their pumpkins. Yes. Well, you know, you have enough experience working with pumpkins, I guess you get better and better at it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Craft Beer Radio 161. And we will be back next... 261. Yes. 261. I was 100 off. <laughs> I was thinking too much about what I was going to say next. And that is, we'll be next, we, we will be back next week with the same boring show. Mm. Same old show we've been doing for eight Man, years. how can you imagine the and, gall? The oh, gall. The gall of us. Thank you. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can go to our website to figure out what that means. You can contact us. Beer at craftbeerradio.com is our email address. We're on Twitter. That's how we prefer to be contacted. I am at Jeff Bearer, and he is at CBR Greg. And there's also at Craft Beer Radio, which goes to both of us. We are on Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio, which we don't check very often. And on Google Plus at Craft Beer Radio, which we also don't check very often. <laughs> Thank you, and good night. Good night.